0: Nearly 200 years ago, an audacious group of Jesus followers started First Christian Church, where today, week in and week out, the Word of God is preached, the Lord is worshiped. As we develop into more fully devoted followers of Jesus through growing and serving together, we believe God is calling us to do whatever it takes to further ministry, reach our community, and tell the world it's time for us to rise up and declare we're committed to do whatever it takes. So a question I've been getting here uh, leading into this weekend is something to the effect like, "Are like, are you excited that this is like, you know, kind of the, the, fi- the finish line, I guess you could say, of this whole Whatever it takes here, it's like, are you, are you kind of glad it's, it's done? And I said, I'll tell you what I'm glad about. I'm, I'm glad that next week, I get to wear a different shirt. <laughs> I mean, there's only so many ways you can rock this T-shirt. So, I'll tell you what, but when it comes to this idea, it, the irony is it's, it's really not a finish line. Uh, you, you could say it's actually that this commitment weekend, it's, it's not a finish line, it's almost like a, a, a starting line disguised as a finish line, because yes, it's a culmination in everything we've been working towards and committing to over the last six weeks with this idea of how it is that God's wanting to work in us and through us, but it's about a whole new chapter, a whole new season in this life of church life together for what God has us for, both today and in the days ahead. And uh, honestly, I. I think that's what you love about this church. I know it's what I love about this church, that we are a church, that we've been a church, that the reason we are here 189 years and counting is because we're not a church that just understands our existence to just get by, singing some songs week after week, preaching some sermons, but that we understand that the church, God's church, that it's on the move, that we're going somewhere, that we're to not be settling but actually investing in the future of what God has for us as his church. And so this idea of whatever it takes, you've you've heard it a number of times now, that we understand that that's who our God is, that we serve a God who literally did whatever it takes to send his son, who would give his life so we could be given the gift of a new life, and so what are we gonna do as the church to do whatever it takes to further that message, that mission, to further his kingdom through his church? And uh, as we've kinda been on this journey together, uh, at the inception point, pretty early on, a friend of mine in the life of the church, when they were hearing some of the goals and the things that are in the guidebook on how we're gonna further ministry and reach our community and and tell the world, um, he, over a coffee, he said, hey, I'm just kind of excited for what the church is doing. He said, I I love these God-sized goals. And he said this, he said, hey, if y'all are gonna go hunting for Moby Dick, you know, like The Giant Whale, the book that, it's super thick that no one ever read, but we know who it is. If you all are gonna go hunt Moby Dick, I'll bring the tartar sauce, he said. And this idea, and I, and I know how he's committing, and, he, and he's all, and I just, I love that attitude. Uh, in fact, this past week he called me over to his house and he walked out of the garage uh, months later with this for us here today. The right amount of tartar sauce for the right amount of faith for a faith-sized, God-sized goal that he wants to do in us and through us as a church. You know, I tell you, I I think that's what Jesus meant when he gave us the parable of the talents. Uh, If you're familiar with it, or if you're not familiar with it, it's a story that Jesus tells about how we're to use what God's given us uh, to invest in his kingdom. He says there's these three servants, these three stewards, if you will, and he gives each of them Uh, a talent, which was actually a a weight, a measurement for for money. Uh, So actually, newer translations just call it a bag of gold. Uh, So a bag of gold or a talent would have been the modern day equivalent of like more than $2 million. And so he gives a talent uh, to one, two talents to another, and then five talents to yet a third steward, a a third servant, if you will, um, based, he said, on their abilities. And if you know the story, uh, one of the servants, uh, kind of out of fear and just kind of playing it safe, he buries it. He buries what God gave him. And the other two, uh, they, they go and they invest it. And to the first one who buried it, uh, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 26, uh, the master scolds him and says, you wicked and lazy servant. And to the other two invested in the kingdom, he says, you know the line, well done, good and faithful servant. And really, today, that's what this commitment weekend is all about: is us kind of taking a step forward and uh, being well done, good and faithful servants by not burying what God has given us, but as each of us has discerned, as God has led us through prayer, the way in which He wants us to commit uh, to further His kingdom through His church. And you might ask, you know, why the church? Well, because the church, well. Let's, let's get this right, Jesus is the hope of the world, he is the light of the world, and he said that he was gonna build his church, his strategy for this whole thing, and the gates of hell will not even overcome it. And so he says that you are now my light, to be a city on a hill to shine the light of Jesus, to give the hope of the world to the world. That is the role of the church. And I believe this because I see it all the time. Um, I've seen it in your lives. I've seen it in my life. I mean, I am here because of the local church. It was the local church that reached me and showed me the light of Jesus. It was through uh, the church and a a college I went to that was, you know, like a Christian church-based deal that I met my wife, Jessica, and it was this church that we came to newly married, and we've had our four children here that have been dedicated in this church, have been baptized in this church, and now we, 20 years in, are right alongside you discovering how God wants to develop us into more devoted followers of him as each of us as we grow and we serve together as a family. And I'm sure that if I took off my little like, you know, my little like fancy head microphone thing and put it on your head, like, and pass that around, which would be super weird and gross. But in theory, if I pass this microphone around, you too would have similar stories of how the church or even this church has had an impact on your life. And one of the things that we've been doing each week throughout this is, uh, again, important to hear this from someone other than just the preacher the pastor who expect to say things like this, uh, but to hear it from real people, just like you, as to how God is working in your life through all of this. And so uh, this week is like, um, just like all the others, and we wanna do that, and we uh, pass the microphone, if you will, to, uh, to Adam Hayes, one of our, our young adult, young Decatur uh, ministry guys, uh, and I love his story, and I want you to check it out with me.
1: I have been in Decatur for six years. I came here for school with my twin brother at Milliken University. Did nursing, played football, did the college thing. I went to Springfield for a year and worked there and I was driving here about three days a week for a year and then I moved back over to Decatur um, and I've been here for a year back in town. One thing I love about the church is Young Decators. We do it on Thursday nights. It's a really cool experience. We have worship, we uh, have talks. It's really cool. I've never been in a place that seems so welcoming and down to earth, like it's, everyone is very genuine here. They take you as you are and are welcoming to all. You come in and it's like, it's airtight you know everyone and people are excited to get to know you and your your past your future you know they're super excited just to love on you and yeah i just love it here (laughs) this summer me and 22 other people went on a mission trip to kenya my fiance now fiance was my girlfriend she got me to go to kenya because she had been one time already this was her second time but man i went to kenya and you see two different types of people. Like here, people who have a lot and hold on to it. And you have people there who have very little and don't hold on to a single thing. And the type of perspective that you gain from that, it's it's like a different world. People there, they have very little, um, but they will do the absolute most to make you feel loved. People really love on each other there. And, you know, you come back here and, you know, we have a hard time, you know, saying hi to our neighbors that live, you know, 20 feet away from us. And that's not to shame us, but it just, you go there and you get this perspective, like, I can really do better. I can do things differently. I'm so grateful and, like, filled up by what God's done in my life and how he's changed my life and how he's changed me in my heart and my mind and it's like all I want to do is just try to give it back. I do that by his serving, going to Kenya and serving at Young Decatur and in service. It's like God gave that to me to, you know, be able to play guitar and, you know, be use my talents. But I they're not mine. And so I feel like it's the least I can do it's funny whatever it takes is actually a slogan we used in football i've played football for 13 years a very common coaching strategy is to wear you out and we're going to run sprints all day long and it's it's testing you testing your fortitude like how far are you willing to go to achieve win the football game win whatever it is but i guess with god it's you know whatever it takes means how far are you willing to go to surrender to do what God wants you to do. Working in the ER, I I see the rough side of our community. I'm reading in Matthew right now um, and it talks a lot about the church and Jesus setting the foundation of what the church will be. I wonder, like, how can the church reach those parts of our community that seem seem like they're too far gone? I love this church. I think the parts I love most about it is when we walk out the front doors, when we can go out and reach people where they are, because that, that's what Jesus does. I'm super grateful for FCC. It, it's hard to call it perfect, uh, because God's the only one that is. But I'm just yeah overwhelmed and overjoyed by what God has done in this church and the opportunities he's set out for me and my friends and this community. So I'm really excited for the church to be able to get its hands on more of the community.
0: So good. I love this, this and, and this is the journey we've been on, right? That we have been seeking what God has for us. You might uh, recall if you were with us uh, for the first week of our series that we, that we started out in the book of Joshua, and we had this, uh, almost like this theme verse, Joshua 3, 5, to get us started, and I'll remind you of it. Uh, if you, or if you weren't here, I wanna tell you about it. So Joshua 3, 5, it, it says this, that before God's getting ready to take them into the promised land, like the day before kind of a big move on this, on God's part, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves first, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And so this understanding of consecration is setting ourselves apart for a special, sacred, spiritual journey. And so the way we've understood this is that we together said we're consecrating ourselves. We're setting ourselves apart for this six weeks to discern what God has for us by number one, praying persistently, not praying as a last resort, but as our first response for what God has for us. And then from there, committing fully to whatever it is that God has for us in this process. And then from there, that we would cheer loudly, cheer on God's kingdom and his church as we are setting out to do these new things that he has led us in. And then fourthly, when we've done these things, out of the overflow of that, to be able to, as God has led each of us, to give generously. Because when we do these things, when we kind of have this right recipe in place, then it is a, a point where we can do what it says in uh, Second Corinthians chapter 9, where it says, quote, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion for nobody likes that, let's so add that in there, But God instead loves a cheerful giver, and we're able to be cheerful givers when we have done these things, when we have simply sought the heart of God, asked him what it is that he's calling us to do, and to step in and to respond accordingly. That is a cheerful opportunity to respond to the work of God in us so we can discover what he wants to do as a church through us. And so that's what we've done. And I want to share with you kind of what happens after that verse, because there's this teaser like, hey, tomorrow, God's going to do some amazing things. So let's see what happens for Joshua as we anticipate what God's going to do through us. Verse 7 in chapter 3 goes on. It says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Tell the priests, so this is the next day, who carry the Ark of the Covenant, which represents, which was the presence of God in those times, it says, When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Now, the Jordan River, and it says elsewhere around here that it was at flood stage. So this is, like a, this is like a rapids, like this is a rushing river. Go stand in the middle of this river and says, as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, as soon as they set foot in the Jordan, God says its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and they will stand up in a heap. And that's exactly what happened. Verse 15 says, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. Could you imagine this moment? The water from upstream stopped flowing downstream. It says it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. And all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Amazing things God told Joshua would happen, and amazing things happened. You know, I think about our church, our setting, and how you know each weekend we gather Saturdays at five o'clock, Sundays right now, 9 a.m. and 10.30, both here in the West Auditorium and you all in the East Auditorium, as well as those worshiping online. Uh, but there's actually another service that happens that you might not be aware of that actually happens, every Thursday at 3.30 p.m. at the Glenwood Assisted Living Center here in town. And uh, some of you might know it's our goal as part of this to establish church locations in every assisted living in our community. And so I I lead this uh, little church service uh, every Thursday at 3.30. And it's one you might wanna consider participating in because dinner there is at 4.30, so it is always under an hour. And if it's not, I kid you not, these folks will just straight up walk out on me. They don't even care. (laughs) It's, they just, they do not even say, it. I mean, it's happened. They just, it's like, they just look at the clock and just walk away. It's pretty funny. Anyway, um, it's not like there's hundreds of people. It's like when there's seven people in a room, you notice, but whatever. Um, you gotta pay attention to the time. So, three Thursdays ago, it was Eileen's first Thursday with us. And Eileen, um, not to overshare her story, it's not my story to share, but she. She's just had some incredibly difficult health issues, um, like, like visibly like changing her, like she has just, she, there's some more surgeries yet to come and all these things, and I know she's um, naturally pretty self-conscious about this. And Anyway, um, she, she's sharing about the struggle, but she almost can't finish the sentence without completing that by saying, but I know God is with me, I feel his presence. And every time she says that she feels God's presence, it's coupled with a hug that I get. I, I tell you, if I had a dollar for every hug that I've gotten from Miss Eileen over the last three weeks, I think we might have enough dollars to you know, reach the whole like, fully funded ministry goal around here. I mean, she's just expressing in every way she knows how her thankfulness for the work of God in her life right up to this point, and she trusts in the days ahead. And so two Thursdays ago, we got to talking, um, uh, we were doing the study of of Nicodemus and how Jesus says you have to be born again and we got talking about baptism and we were all sharing our baptism stories and the more she caught on, the church that was putting on church for her when she couldn't go to church was First Christian Church. She said, First Christian Church, I was baptized at First Christian Church at the church downtown in the 1960s. And I'm just like, wow. Like, It just makes me wonder, do you you think that little group of folks that got together in 1834 could have possibly imagined that 134 years, or yeah, I guess about 130 years later uh, that Eileen in the 60s would get baptized, or 189 years later that we would still be having an impact in her life that when she couldn't come to church, that the church could come to her, or 189 years later, the stories in this room that are still being written, the ones that God is up to and going to be up to in the days ahead. It's all a reality because folks who went before us upstream, through their prayers, their generosity, their giving, they made a way by, you could say, stepping their foot in the raging waters of starting a church on the frontier in 1834 and those who've come since then but before us, that we have been able to walk, thousands of us, on dry ground because of the faithfulness of people who went before us to trust in the faithfulness of God for what he wanted to do through them. And so now, it's our turn. We get to have that story, we get to tell that story, we get to be a part of stepping our foot in the water, trusting God is holding back things to make dry ground for more folks to know him in our community and around the world, in us and through us. And so it's been super fun getting to share. Again, this is the stories through uh, video and the ways that God has been working in your life. Um, You know, again, as I kinda joked, you know, normal people, unlike your your pastor here. but as important as it is that you hear from you know normal people, uh, I believe it's also really important that you hear from your pastor too, as to where he's at in all of this. And so, um, you know, for us in our lives, it's been really interesting journey because you know I've kind of been maybe a step ahead with my responsibility to both plan and prepare and preach sermons here. But what's been crazy is the conversations that I've had with so many of you all, and the way in which your what God is doing in your life has just like across coffee tables or conversations or hallways, the way that you are preaching to me and just the, your surrender, your sacrifice, like the steps you're taking, just like, man, it's really pushed me and it's pushed Jessica. And as the conversations we have at the house, um, and I'll share this with you that, and you guys, again, I've been here 20 years. You all, you know, I didn't just grow up here, you basically raised me. Uh, I mean, when I first came here, I, I was still shaving like once a week just to get the peach fuzz. <laughs> Like, that's all I needed. Like, You all know me, and so as I share this, please hear, you know this is not for me to point to anything that, that I'm doing or we're doing, but more so just so you know that your pastor isn't asking you to do anything that he's not willing to do and to figure out him, himself and, and on their own. So with us, as Jessica and I came to our, we had an advanced commitment night this past Sunday night uh, where we had uh, discussed and came to a place, a commitment number that we thought we were at, But I tell you, after that night, after hearing the stories both formally on stage and informally throughout the halls, and some of the things we're gonna actually share a little bit of those stories here in just a minute, um, we just, again, just kinda convicted at a whole new level and just had this understanding, like, look, if we're asking the church, if the pastors, the, the elders, if the leadership of this church is asking the church as a whole to go from what we're used to seeing in, again, an already generous church Uh, 5.9 million on average over two year period. So we're gonna increase that by an additional 4.9 million to do all the new things that we believe God has for us. That quick math, that's an 83% increase. And so we talked and we um, prayed and we've discerned and we have decided that, again, we don't wanna ask our church to go somewhere where we're not willing to go. And so our commitment number changed and we took what we are giving currently and we are going to commit over the next two years um, to increase that by... 83 percent, and in addition to some stored resources uh, so that we could get to uh, a number that we didn't think we could get to here on the back of this card. And, and again, I share that with you, I hope you know, not to, again, point to us in any way, but just to say, like, if you're, if you're journeying with you, I'm right there with you, uh, and, and maybe you feel like I do in all this, like I told Jessica that night, I said, I feel like, and I've never been skydiving, but it felt like I'm like looking over the edge, like looking at the commitment card, and it's like God just did one of these, like, out the plane. <laughs> And almost just like him yelling down like, hey, do you trust that I packed your parachute? Like this step of faith, but I needed just that little bit more of a nudge. And I know that's where some of you are at here today. And, and I get it, you know, the, the challenge that, I, I really appreciate um, what Pastor Adam said. And if you've been able to, in these little guidebooks, there's been these on your own videos. And if you haven't been able to catch those, I'd go back. I mean, it's a, it's a great deal of um, just kind of on your own type stuff in the small groups. I know you've been doing it, but he, but he said this last week in the video. He said, we've all been in situations where our faith has been tested. If you've been around, if you've been following Jesus, you've been in a situation where your faith has been tested. But, but then he asked this question. He said, when's the last time you put your faith to the test? And I thought, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. I mean, we've got a, a senior and, High school, uh, so college is next year. We got three more in tow right behind her, and for some of you, that's where you're at. Some of you, it's like, you know, you got a kind of purchasing a home on the horizon. I've talked to some of you who retirement is on the horizon, and you're you're sorting these kinds of priorities and sacrifices out, and again, it's been an inspiration and a sermon to me just as much as I've been giving sermons to you. And and so with that, I I wanna just kinda say at that early commitment night, there were so many cool stories shared. We captured some of them here on uh, a video that I wanna show you here in a minute. But just to kinda hit some of the the highlights here of what came out of that first night of those who discerned to go first is we had 115 individuals participate here. We had this room uh, kind of first floor filled with that. That represented 64 households making commitments and the front office just gave me some stats, no names or anything like that, but just shared with me what kind of some of the, the info that came back on the cards, and we discovered out of those 64 households, eight households stepped into giving for the very first time. And I thought, man, how cool is that, that people are taking that step of faith, that you are taking that step of faith? Uh, some other cases, there was a family who multiplied their giving by three and a half times uh, of what where they were at giving traditionally 6,000 over the past two years, and they're committing 21,000 over the next two years. Another family multiplied, they're giving 24 times, going from $200 over the past two years to $4,800 over the next two years for whatever it takes. And I don't know what that story is, but I, I, I just commend it's a bold step of faith. I have a friend in the life of the church who sports memorabilia has been a, a big part of his life and it's just like this thing that's been kind of a priority and how he just says, man, I need to make this a priority for God and, and to give that. For God. And just hearing the stories and the facts and the figures are, have been really encouraging, but I think, again, nothing like actually hearing the stories behind some of the numbers that really has uh, challenged, inspired, and encouraged me. So I want you to take a look at some of those stories from our Advanced Commitment Night this past Sunday. Check this out.
1: Whatever it takes has made me draw closer to His Word each and every week, knowing that I want to draw closer to Him every single day. That is my commitment, is just actually being in His Word and prayer and drawing closer to Him. I think for us, it's just given a renewed commitment and less distraction from life. Whatever it takes has made me more courageous. The biggest thing for me was, what do I need versus what do I want? I have all these wants in my life. What is it that I can sacrifice from what I want versus what I really need? Whatever it takes has had a significant impact on us because we're approaching uh, retirement age. We're looking forward to helping out the future of our church. I think for us, it's uh, just like reevaluating things, taking a second look at at things that we normally wouldn't think about, you know, in our finances and just the different topics we've been touching in the sermon series. Yeah, we plan to take a big trip for our 30th birthday next year and we reevaluated where we were gonna go and we're gonna put more emphasis on just spending time together and giving a little bit of that back to the church. I have been way more willing and open to sharing my faith with others, especially those that don't attend here, um, which is a big step for me. Alexis and I uh, volunteer in many ways at the church, and we're trying to figure out how we can do more. So it's really challenged us to pray before we decide to take on a commitment or pray to make sure we're in the right commitments, just to make sure we're doing whatever it takes to move forward for ourselves, but also for everyone else having conversations together, conversations with our children, just kind of solidifying what are we going to do individually, what are we going to do as a family to just really live this out instead of just, oh, it was a great sermon and now we move on to the next thing. I know for me, and I know we discussed it in small group, our giving and generosity
0: in today's world and the technology we have, there isn't much thought given to it. So this is really a great opportunity for us to sit down and reevaluate our giving and then to stretch us further in our generosity. So I've really enjoyed retaking a look at how we're giving and how much we're giving.
1: really the biggest thing for us that was hitting home is that our earthly possessions aren't ours. Whether it's our finances or the things that we own, they're not ours, they're God's. This series has also just gave Riley and I the extra nudge that we needed to have conversations that we had kind of been brushing off and saving for later about our finances. And we're just really excited to make the next move in our faith journey and with our finances and see what God has in store for us and for the church i just love this series too because it's gotten me so excited about our church's future the impact that we're going to have on so many people in our community and throughout the world to give to a church that i trust it's easy for me to sacrifice some of what a lot of what i want for what this church is going to do with what i can give anxious in two years to look back to what the commitment I made tonight, what of an impact it will be in two years and into the future. We've been here a long time. We are very committed and we're just glad to be a part of it. This this church is our family. We are committed committed to to whatever whatever it takes. I'm ready for whatever it takes. We're committed committed to whatever it takes. takes. We're ready ready for whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I'm ready for whatever it takes. I'm ready for whatever it takes. We're ready for whatever
0: it takes. So good. Um, You know, what gets me excited is when I hear people talking about what they're excited about, again, this whole idea of in us and through us as the church. And uh, you'll notice there, I invite you to go ahead and grab this uh, this card that you received on your way, and this commitment card, that when you, you flip it up to the top, like, um, the thing that kind of gets me that I love hearing is when people get excited, when I ask, like, what catches their attention? You'll see, again, these three areas that we are, you know, wanting to further ministry in our church, reach our community, and tell the world. Uh, one friend of mine said, he's like, he said, it's like, It's like the best mutual fund for ministry. I thought, that's a pretty cool way of looking at it because of just all the good and cool things that we get to be a part of, that we're blessed to be a part of here in this church. And as I think about the church, like what the church is and how, again, Jesus established us. I know it kind of drives me crazy sometimes, like that we're his, his plan for the world, that he chooses to have us partner with him, to be stewards, to not bury what we've been given, but to invest it to further it for the future. Um, I came across this this take on Proverbs chapter 31 uh, a little more than two years ago, kind of actually knowing that I didn't know what was coming, but I knew working with our elders and pastors that there was a day coming where we were gonna have kind of a moment, a a line in the sand, a a commitment of sorts as to what was next for the days ahead, and so I'm kinda nerdy with my organization, so I was able to put that in a spot where I knew I could find it for this day. And uh, Proverbs 31, if if you're not familiar with it, it's actually, uh, a, a chapter in the Bible that's all about being like a godly wife. And if you read the chapter, you're familiar with it, I'm gonna be real honest, I'm just, it just kinda makes me glad I'm not a woman because the standard is like so high for y'all. I'm like, okay. but. <laughs> The way it's if you're not the way it's written out actually it's actually a poem it's an acrostic poem where each line each verse begins with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet and so it would be like um, it uses like we're going to use the American alphabet and I was to describe Jessica I would say you know Jessica is A she's awesome and you know she's B beautiful inside and out and C she's Christ-like, she has this ability for whoever is in front of her uh, to be the most important person in the world to that person, and so that's kinda this idea behind this poem, and so Proverbs 31, it describes this idea of the perfect bride as, you could say, exhausting the Hebrew alphabet. But had this, again, came across, this is not original to me, but as I read it, I thought, what if these kinda lofty goals uh, about what it is that points to a bride, uh, knowing that throughout the scriptures that the bride of Christ is often a metaphor for the church, that we are the bride of Christ, his church. And, and this idea of what if Proverbs 31 isn't just a chapter to make you know women feel like losers, but it was actually a picture that as we read the scriptures, you could say Christologically, Christ through it as you know, towards the field. What if that as we read Proverbs 31, we understood the, the fullest meaning that the groom is Jesus and the bride is Is the church, and so um, reading from the Passion translation here, if we were to read it uh, again, talking about uh, a godly wife, it says, "Quote: Who could ever find a wife like this one? She is a woman of strength and mighty valor." And so, if we replace the word "wife" with "church" and "groom" with Jesus, and we'll bracket it out, so you can kind of tell the difference and where we've done that—that instead of a woman full of strength and mighty valor, we understand that Jesus' church is full of strength and mighty valor. And it goes on, Jesus' church is full of wealth and wisdom and that the price paid for the church was greater than many jewels because we know that the price the groom paid was with his blood. Because the church searches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. The church gives out revelation truth to feed others. Verse 18, the church tastes and experiences a better substance and her shining light will not be extinguished no matter how dark the night. The gates of hell will not overcome it. She, the church, she is known by her extravagant generosity to the poor for she always reaches out her hands to those in need. And here we go, her husband, Jesus, he is famous and he is admired by all. And so the church's works of righteousness, she does for the benefit of even her enemies. Why we were yet enemies of Christ, he died for us. And there are many valiant and noble ones, but you, Jesus, your church has ascended above them all. Charm, the lures of this world, can be misleading, but the church. The bride of Christ lives in wonder, awe, and fear of the Lord. She will be praised throughout eternity. And now, this is where we get to clap, because it says so, so go ahead and give her the credit that is due, for she has become the radiant church, all her loving works of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gateways of every city. That is who, our God is, that is who Jesus is, and that is who we are to be as a church. Thank you. I know we're not a clapping church, but I'm proud of y'all, you did good. It was like golf clap and we'll take it because it's okay to get excited about Jesus and his church and that we get to be a part of it. We understand that he is the hope of the world and he chose for whatever crazy reasons we can only trust God with that we are his strategy to bring that hope to the world. And so this is the journey we've been on. We've been, as again, going back to Joshua. Remember Joshua, Joshua three, we consecrated ourselves for a sacred and spiritual journey. We are thankful for those who went before us and put their foot in the water so that we could pass by on dry ground, and now it's our turn. And I want you to read what happens next in chapter four of Joshua. After the whole nation passes through, here's what it says. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones right from the middle of the Jordan, like proof that it came right out of this dry riverbed that should have never been dry without the work of God, right there where the priests are standing, and then carry them, carry them over with you, and then put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Why? Why do this? It says, to serve as a sign among you, that in the future, when your children ask, when the next generation asks, like, what do these stones mean? When 189 years, unless Jesus gets to us first, when someone asks you know, how did we get here? What do these stones mean? We tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off, that these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever, that he, God, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And so for us, you could say these simple little commitment cards are are more than just a a card and a, a sheet with some numbers on it. They are our stones that we are picking up out of the river as we have put our foot in trusting that God is doing work upstream for what he wants to do in us and through us. Downstream. So I'm gonna invite every one of you to kind of grab this right now. And if you've already filled it out, that's awesome. If you haven't, then we're gonna give you a, a moment to prayerfully consider what that might mean for you uh, today. If you're online, uh, there is a way to jump in digitally. Just go to firsttocater.org. There's a whatever it takes button and it'll be obvious what you do from there. And then those of you in the East Auditorium, we know there's some cards here in the table uh, for you to be able to follow along as well. And so again, just to kind of walk through this, if this is kind of, you know, you need a refresh on how this document works, I'm gonna be real honest. The only number that's really needed is that yellow box. That's the one that the front office used to, yes, help us plan, but I think there's just something powerful about writing it down. Even if you're like, I'm not sure that this is where we're gonna be at. I mean, This is not a legal document. This is not a a sacred vow before the Lord. This is a, a faith step of like, okay, I believe this is what we're supposed to do, and we know that this number, it might change. Um, You know, Jessica and I were saying we we hope it goes up, that we'll be able to give more than we anticipate. Um, But we also know circumstances. So, you know, don't be, I guess, afraid to commit. Don't bury your card, if you will. Don't bury your talent. Um, but step out in faith in what God has for you. So there's kind of a worksheet that, again, this is an all-in kind of one fund understanding that we look at what we're already doing in the first line in addition to our expanded giving for what God is calling us to add to that. We add that up, multiply it by two years because this is a two-year initiative. And then from there, if there's stored resources that you feel like God has placed uh, in your life to be able to use for furthering what God calls us to, and then you kind of total all of that there at the bottom there. And a couple of, disc- I'm gonna call them disclaimers because I don't know what else to call it. Um, one of the things I love about this church is that, again, I-, I can't remember a weekend where we didn't have a weekend where it was somebody's first time here. And so if you're here for the first time you're like, uh wrong weekend, wrong Sunday. Uh, let me encourage you, this is not the wrong Sunday. This is the perfect Sunday because you're hearing what this church is about and I invite you on your way out. We still have some Whatever It Takes t-shirts. You can grab one of those. Definitely grab a guidebook and you can see what this whole initiative is all about. The website has a bunch of stuff about it as well. But here's what I want you to do. If uh, If you are here and it's your first time or you're new in the last few weeks and you know you're not, like this is not where you're at yet, that's okay. I just want you to write on your card um, at that box. Just write the word guest, like, hey, my first time, but go ahead and write your name, uh, and, and we'll use that as an opportunity to pray specifically for your journey as we can be a part of that as your church. Um, there's others of you who, who maybe, you know, maybe you've, have been around for this, and you're like, we, we want to do this. We don't wanna bury what God has for us, but we don't feel like we've had the time to really work with this, and I want you to write, again, your name, and just write in the box, say, still Praying. What we don't wanna do is not do anything or leave it blank, because here's the understanding, our number one goal has not been what we're gonna do, but if you've been with us, our number one goal is 100% participation, that each and every one of us would take the next step, wherever we're at. And that next step might be, I'm a guest today, and that's an awesome step because you're here. That next step might be, I'm still praying, but I would encourage you, don't let that be a, bury it in the ground an opportunity to pray about it and make that decision. For others of us who are here today, you know, just like early commitment night, you've got, you know, this I'm so excited. You're stepping into giving for the first time like those 8 households and God's going to do some cool things. He's going to show you a whole new perspective on how his whole world works because everything's his and he has given it to us to use in cool ways that I'm excited for you to get to be a part of this. Some of you, you're committing a mount that is kinda like God's little like parachute, like, pfft, you know, trusting that God packed the chute on this one for you, and I'm excited for how God is gonna honor that. For others of you, I, that number you look at, and you're like, man, that's, that's not a very big number, and to, it's almost like the widow's mite. You might remember we talked about that, but that number means, something. that's a sacrifice. That's a, that's a big number for you, and I'm, I just wanna encourage you that God's gonna honor that reality, because what it means to you to sacrifice, not what it means in some total goal or something like that. Um, for the other, others of you, one of it's been fun to have conversations of people who've come to me last year and said, you know, I know that God has blessed us financially in ways that is far beyond what I could ever have asked or imagined. And asking, like, how do how do you think God wants me to use this? And it's been exciting to hear this opportunity, this intersection of what the church is doing and where you are at, and this ability to make a big impact and what it is that we're going to be able to do in the days ahead. And then maybe for some of you yet, still, you're, you're like Jessica and I. We came in with an understanding, uh, but you've been inspired, encouraged, challenged by the stories of others, and, and maybe that number has changed for you. Uh, it's just, again, it's all, it's like, again, skydiving. I've never been skydiving, but I'm assuming it's super. Exciting and super scary all at the same time. And and, and in a lot of ways, that's what faith is. It's kind of stepping out, trusting that God has packed our shoot. And so wherever you're at in that, I'm gonna give you here just a a few minutes to do one of two things, to either uh, kind of fill the card relative to what uh, we just talked about to your respective scenario, everything from a first timer here to ready to roll. uh, Or if you've already filled out your card and and you feel confident about your commitment to just take these few minutes to just Pray about it. Just continue to pray and ask God to use these resources, um, not just to further ministry in the church, but how he wants to use this sacrifice, this giving uh, to do a work in you as well. So let me pray for us on that and we'll give you a few minutes uh, to do that. Heavenly Father, we carry these little uh, symbolic stones out of center of a river that we are trusting you are holding back waters to do exactly what you designed your church to be, a place where you work in us, and out of the overflow through us. And so may it be as we make our commitments, as we fill out our stones here today. Lord, hear our prayers. here's what we're gonna do next. We understand, just like we say every weekend, when it comes to our giving, our commitments, that it's an act of worship, first and foremost. That's what we always do. When we give back to God, it's an act of worship. And so that's what we're gonna do here over the next few minutes. Uh, We're gonna worship him in two ways. Uh, We're gonna sing, we're gonna lift our voices, we're gonna give, as the proverb says, credit where credit is due. But at the same time, we're going to, um, again, I think there's something symbolic about physically taking our stone kind of across, kind of symbolically that dry riverbed, and, and and setting it up on kind of our, our little makeshift altars here. Uh, and so here's how this is going to work here. In the West Auditorium there's going to be some ushers that for the back of the room, they're just going to kind of just kind of help kind of keep it, or we don't have a lot of room to kind of get around people, that's going to change, we're excited for that. Uh, and so the way we're just going to do it today is uh, if you're in the back of the room, they're going to have you go up the center aisle, there's a, uh, a space where you can kind of surrender your card there, the front of the room same, come down the center here, they'll have you set it here, and you kind of go back on the aisles, back to your seat. Uh, If physically that's challenging for you, just hold your card up, and we'd be happy to uh, help you with that. Hey, Moses had his brother Aaron hold his arms up. We can help you with whatever it is we got to do to get a card where it needs to go. But then once you place your card, we don't want you to go home empty-handed in the sense that we want to be able to recognize that this is a significant moment. And so as you lay down your symbolic stone, we want you to pick up an actual stone that again this isn't a finish line this is a starting line for you to continue to pray and trust what God is going to do in you and through you through this journey together so make sure that as you lay your commitment card down here that you also take uh, a stone for you to put in a place where you continue to trust and pray and remind what God is doing us uh, you could say again in us and through us uh, in the East Auditorium, uh, there are uh, you just you guys. There's plenty of room. You guys can just kind of get up and go. And then you all in the balcony. We're not going to have any ushers up there. There's kind of two stations at the back of both uh, kind of sets of rows there. And we figure you all got this figured out better than we do down here. So we're just going to let you all work that out uh, up there. And of course, online uh, you can commit that way as well. And so, Lord, we now surrender. We submit uh, again these commitments as you have led each of us. We thank you that you let us be a part of it in Jesus' name. Amen.